podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, to continue our efforts to help job seekers and professionals navigate these COVID-19 times, we have created a whole podcast series for this. For today's podcast episode, we are delighted to be joined by Shamila Gopalan. She is the founder of Harweet. And we are going to discuss the idea of managing personal brand and why it matters now the most. So let's talk to Shamila and unpack some of these ideas. Hello everyone, this is uh, Naishad Gadani coming to you live from India. Uh, you know, I'm the founder of Your Career Down Under and uh, let me tell you the reason why you are seeing me on your screen at 3 p.m. Melbourne time every every weekdays for last two weeks is that uh, me and Caroline uh, have decided to uh, you know throw support behind the job seekers and professionals who are struggling at this time. Maybe uh, you know that you are looking for work. Maybe that you've been made redundant out of work. So the idea behind these LinkedIn Lives that we call uh, Career Care Package is to provide you support, guidance, and a bit of hope in these trying circumstances. So through what we want to do is to bring different experts and guests uh, to talk about different topics which uh, will affect your sort of jobs, your career, uh, you know, and you know that's why we are doing this kind of LinkedIn Live in a kind of you know discussion uh, you know way. So I'm from, as I said, I'm currently in India, uh, and Caroline, you are looks like you're still in Gippsland, not so sunny today. Yes, I'm coming from not so sunny Gippsland today, but uh, <laughs> it's still lovely to get outside and see the lakes and things like that, and hear the birds, and has a very calming effect and I just sort of reflecting on how blessed we are in Australia to have a bit of space to do that um, because I think it you know just changes the energy and stops you being locked up so much and um, you know at least we we're able to get outside and have that space so yes coming through from cold Gippsland we had a fire yesterday 
for the first time. Oh, wow. Um, All right. But uh, hopefully the weather will, will tick up a little bit again. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Now, uh, Shamila, before we start, obviously, we want to get, uh, you know, a bit about you. You run your own, um, you know, company called Her Wit. Uh, can you tell us a bit about you and about your company? Because I think you, you told me about the, 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 the reason behind naming Her Wit, but I seem to forgot that. <laughs> so if you can give us a little bit of background. Absolutely. So um, I started Hawit approximately in July last year, 2019. I've only been in Australia for about two years, three months. Uh, I moved here from Singapore. Um, so Hawit actually stands for here's what I think. And um, it really encompasses the whole mission behind why I started Hawit is to work with women uh, exclusively and specifically uh, women entrepreneurs, women in the corporate world to amplify their voices and position them as thought leaders and role models. Um, my mission is to be able to touch the lives of at least a million women uh, in the next five years. Um, and, the, and the reason why I feel um, we, I wanted to do that was because I think we need more female role models. You know, and we have this whole discussion around uh, gender equality, diversity, inclusion, which is amazing because having those conversations bring to light the challenges that we have as women. But I think we have to take responsibility and take action as well. And a key way to do that is actually to start telling our stories and, and sharing that so that other people especially other women and young girls can learn for it from that and you know gain the i guess the the confidence um in order to also step up and if we step up by numbers that's how we push the needle for these discussions that we are having excellent that's really you know great and by the way just to just for the audience you know if you are uh, a man listening to this, it is still applicable. <laughs> what we are going to talk about <laughs> today. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is, yeah. Today's discussion is not, not particular about, about one gender specific, but the, you know, obviously, you know, people are right now more concerned about hanging on to their jobs. And, you mm. know, for those, uh, you know, people who, who have been unfortunate in circumstances that they have been made redundant or they have been, you know, stood down from the job. You know, why Why do you think, Shamila, that personal branding matters even in these circumstances? You know, when people are concerned about a lot of other things, you know, mm. why do you believe that it still has got its relevance and the importance in these trying circumstances too? I think, you know, whether we want to, um, you know, whether we know it or not, we all have a personal brand, whether in good times, in bad times, in challenging times, in thriving times, right? So I think, you know, if, if we look at it just from a general perspective, when you Google yourself, what pops up, right? These are the first impressions of what people have of you. Now, is it a good one? Is it the information you are sharing across LinkedIn, Facebook, and other social media sites? Are they consistent? So, you know, during times like this, I mean, during good times, you, you think about those. During times like this, when you're sharing 
uh, one job application with 900 other applicants, you know, what is it that, why should someone give you that opportunity, you know, and not another person? So I think the, the question is, do you want to allow your online reputation to take a life of its own or do you want to control the narrative of it? So, I mean, I'm sure we all know this. I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos, who is the founder of Amazon, and he's famously quoted as saying, your brand is what people say when you're not in the room, right? Mm. Because one of the key things that I do with my clients is I always ask them to go ask five people within your circle to, to answer these five questions about you. And sometimes some of the answers that come back can be quite disturbing, right? So mm, yeah. I think it's important that you have a personal brand. You have to build it by yourself. And personal branding is about controlling the narrative. It's, it's not about leaving the success of your career or even your business up to chance, right? In the end, you decide what the world thinks feels and says about you. If you think about that, there's nothing more powerful. Mm. If you don't take control of what is being said about you, your brand will be more vulnerable to misinformation, especially during today's day and age. Now, if we look at the recruiting and the hiring sector, 70% of employers use social media to screen candidates during the hiring process. 43% of employers use social media to check on current employees. So your personal brand ultimately is your digital first impression. Hmm. Like a resume, you know, but more about you personally. I think yeah. a, a lot, sorry. Yes, oh, no, no, that, oh, I was just gonna say, um, uh, where do, I reckon a really common question is, where do people start? So just say, hmm. you know, you've Googled yourself and you see, holiday pics and whatever, cat pics or whatever, you, and a bit about you professionally on LinkedIn, where would you start if you wanted to go, okay, I realise that I really need to own the, my space on the internet, my space on Google. What would you do with your clients to get them to come from a strong perspective of, you know, what they want to get across? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to um, go back to actually understanding um, who you are, mm -hmm. right? So I always take them through, it's, we've built a proprietary process, but ultimately, I think it's really about identifying three key areas, self-knowledge, um, knowledge of your audience, and service to your audience. Right. So and this is across. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you're a, a professional looking for a job, whether you're trying to look for a board position, whether you're a business owner trying to build your business. So self-knowledge is fundamentally where you must start. You have to ask yourself a lot of deep questions. So things like, who are you? What are your experiences? What is your expertise? But most important of all, is what are the things that you are fearful of or maybe sometimes even ashamed of, you know? And what have you done to overcome that? What do you continue to struggle with? And how have you overcome some of your struggles? So, for example, for me, I chose to pick to empower and amplify women, not because I'm anti-men. I love men. I love everyone. Okay, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's because 
I'm speaking from my experiences, right? My expertise as a multicultural woman, being in a corporate career for 17 years at senior levels, working globally, I have seen and experienced the disparity that women have in this environment from equality, diversity, inclusion. So I want to use my experiences and my expertise and my skills and the challenges that I have through storytelling, content, leadership to help other women rise in their careers and mm. become or become successful in their business. So, you know, so ultimately that is that is number one. Once you have you understand that about you, then you have to understand who are you speaking to? Who is your audience, right? Um, what does your audience need? So with, with our content, we very much know from an entrepreneurial standpoint of view, what do female entrepreneurs need to do to get higher investment? Mm -hmm. From a corporate professional or senior professional, what is it that I have to do to get the next promotion? or get that board position. So it's the same audience, but the messaging is very different. So you have to understand that as well. And yeah. I think ultimately it's about service to your audience. How can I serve my audience? The key to good service is giving, mm. right? So how do you make them feel less alone and more connected? And I think that yeah. is extremely crucial, especially for what we're going through right now. Yeah. We are all in quarantine. We are all, you know, some of us have family, some of us have partners, some of us have roommates, some of us live alone. But even with that, we do feel that sense of disconnect. And I think those are the things we need to start thinking about. And that's, those are the things we work with our clients so that they can understand and, you know, know how to start building a, a, an authentic, purposeful, personal brand. Mm. I think a lot of people, I know Nesha has got some questions to ask you, but I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of thinking that a brand is all about me, me, me versus, and from what you're saying, a lot of it or most of it is about, okay, understand you, but understand how you can be of service to other people with the gifts that you have versus chess beating. Absolutely. And, and so forth. So would you agree with that, Nesh, or...? I think we, we continuously live in the in how people listen to us or perceive us. Uh, you know, if if I'm perceived uh, as a successful person, uh, you know, then what I speak, you know, is going to reinforce uh, you know people's perception. What I also believe, one of my uh, you know a friend from India who was uh, you know into politics, and he said that uh, you know. Politics is, or you know, branding is nothing more than perception management. The only challenge is, I think, you know, you touched on that idea of authenticity. The only challenge is that when you, when they meet you in person, does it reflect exactly how you mm -hmm. are being reflected? At that time, you know, a lot of you know years back, it was not uh, not online, but now, you know, yeah. whether you are reflected exactly how it is. So I, th I think I think that is critical uh, to the to the success of your brand, or 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 you don't you don't have to put up put on another mask when you meet someone in person, while you are online. So you know, and and that's another thing that I really want to ask Ramila is that you know because that's such a big word, 
you know we all know uh, you know the you know authenticity is such a big word but you know it's like you continuously dig and dig and dig and dig until you find uh, and then you have to also conquer your own self doubt and fear and all those things that also comes in the way so how do people really kind of you know deal with that fear uh, you know of of um, you know being seen something else or oh i'm not that person how do people manage that kind of fear i think first and foremost you have to reconcile um that fear with yourself right so you have to be able to say i am willing to be vulnerable i am and vulnerability is where honesty and authenticity comes from right so for example for me and i can speak for myself is i took a very long time to tell my story growing up right so the one of the key reasons why i started kawit was because i grew up in a really small town in malaysia and you know we didn't have enough role, female role models who we could look up to as young girls but even more so um with my mother who had depression and men, and mental problems and and men, you know she she was she, you know she didn't have anyone she did not have that support and that community and that role model to look at that she could look up to and go you know what she has my same issues she's got my story she looks like me and i can overcome and because of that she passed away at the age of 42 right so mm. and that was the tipping point for me and it took me a while to tell that story i've only very recently opened up and been vulnerable and shared that because that is my truth that is where what i'm doing comes from so you must reconcile it with yourself first and it is a journey right so a journey is your personal branding journey starts the moment you are brave enough to own your story you mm. must trust your truth and allow yourself to be seen heard and celebrated for who you truly choose to be mm. you know it's very very much what brene brown preaches and what she puts out there right in terms of um being yourself and being authentic and vulnerable and that is the future of leadership as well mm. whether we want you know whether we want to embrace it or not leaders have to move in that in that direction so once mm. once we all start doing that i think it becomes i won't say easier but there is a commonality but always remember that you have to learn how to be honest because you know it's it's Steve Jobs said it at his announcement speech right just be yourself because everybody else is taken so i mean that's a that's a message that that resonated very close to me um throughout my career as well and coming from entertainment you know you tend to be bombarded with a lot of inauthenticity as well so i i would say that's that's how you do it you have to work on yourself and one of the things we do is we help our clients through that we work with our clients and we make sure that they are prepared and ready to be able to share that story and be vulnerable if they are not you cannot be sustainable which is why a lot of people come out and try to build a brand or try to talk about but it's not sustainable because it is not honest the so authenticity is really honesty that's it so it's coming from really knowing what your what what's shaped you what your story is being prepared 
share that. And I guess, you know, Brene Brown does talk about we all want connection with people, but you can't connect with people that you don't don't know. So yeah. um, I think that's sort of behind um, behind what you're talking about. Is it a long journey for some people to get there? Because um, in terms of wanting to express themselves more authentically and, and open up a bit, is that take, so I imagine it would take some people longer than others to actually want to be able to do that um, in a public forum. Absolutely. And I think all of us have our own journeys, right? Mm. We've got clients that we work with who are able to start that journey even in their mid to late 20s because they have come from an environment that allows them to be who they are, to be themselves. Some of, our, some of our clients don't do it till their 40s. For mm. me, I didn't do it till my mid-30s. So, you know, I think we all have our journey and we all have to walk our path. And it is not that um, there's no hard and fast rule. Mm. That, that's all I can say. And you have to be patient with yourself as well. If mm. you're not ready, you're not ready. But you have to start also thinking from a more practical standpoint of view, right? So mm. here we're talking about more of an emotional, more of a, a personal development point of view. But from a practical standpoint of view, you have to start thinking, look, if I don't start being honest and sharing who I am, I'm going to have 899 other people applying for that job that I want mm -hmm. or wanting to get that customer that I want or build my business. So. Mm. You know, I, I have to start working on myself quite quickly in order for me to grow. And growth means, you know, not just from a revenue standpoint, but a whole 360 standpoint of view as well. And it just makes you a better and happier person overall. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. Um, one of the questions that I work on when I work on people's LinkedIn profiles or, or resumes, and it's the first question that I ask is, mm. what, what could you talk about? Like, what, what could you talk about all day without somebody paying you? And people, like, it's the hardest question for a lot of people because it's like often mm. the first time that they've ever been asked. But I really do know where you've, like, in working on somebody's LinkedIn profile and, you know, developing out what, what they want to put up online, the more you have sort of somebody's voice in the way that they say it, the more engaging people will, you know, connect and relate. But people mm. really struggle with it because, mm. I mean, you can see in what people have got up there, it's like they hide behind the years of experience or, you know, the, their skill set or what where they've worked versus, you know, in, in some sort of format saying, hi, I'm such and such and, you know, I love doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. give... A lot of people don't give any people reason to connect. And from a career point of view, you know, when you go and you want to um, build up your network on LinkedIn, if if nobody's got any of that kind of personal stuff in their profile, or, um, any of the why or what they love, it's so hard to start a conversation with them because you just don't know um, who they are basically. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of people tend to you know, when they build a LinkedIn profile, I mean, that's one of the, the, the areas that I guess it's a very small area, but it's an area we work with with our clients um, mm -hmm. because it's just part of the entire personal brand. Um, and a lot of them tend to put all their accolades up, which I mm -hmm. think is really important on LinkedIn. But also, I think, you know, they forget to share who, who they are. What is it that they feel 
mm. you know, close to what is it that they feel is maybe I won't even say what is their passion, but what do they think is their life's purpose to some extent? Mm. And mm. I think that's why people struggle because a lot of people don't really know what that is. Mm. And, and I think, you know, one of the first things I, I feel anybody should start thinking about is, you know, what, what is it that I want to do? What is my, mm. what is my service to other people? And a lot of people think service means doing charity or mm. giving money or, you know, that's not even true. Being of service is, you know, if you're working at a bank, right, and you're, you know, working with someone who's buying a home, your service is you're helping that person or that couple or that family find the best available, you know, product out there that's going to help them build a home together. That mm. is your service. Mm. So I think people tend to always box things like that up. But when mm. actually, I think all of us in our roles are being of service but mm. i think we need we need to start working that way and that's how the authenticity and the honesty comes through if we start switching our psychology and it makes us building our personal brand a mm. lot more authentic mm. from a cultural perspective do you think um women in australia have different challenges compared to to women in asia around like expressing their personal brand or is it are there any sort of cultural differences you see at all i think that's that's quite a complex question to be quite honest because asia is, yeah yeah so so if you look at asia asia is is you know it's quite yeah. a large continent yeah. and yeah. and within asia you have different cultures right mm. so you know in the indian continent is also part of asia so it's china yeah. so it's southeast yeah. asia within southeast asia you have 11 not you know approximately 11 countries again mm. there's a lot of cultural differences however if you if we look at the de developed countries of asia so let's say we take on hong kong and we take on singapore and we take on australia right there's mm. a definite difference in terms of how women are in these developed countries in asia have a louder and stronger voice Mm. We still have the same challenges, don't get me wrong. You know, there's mm. still the challenges in, in the corporate world as well as in the entrepreneurial world. However, mm. I think culturally we are more open to voicing our opinions. Okay. We are more open to sharing our successes. Mm. Um, I think Australia as a whole, you know, when I first came here, one of the first things I kept hearing was the, the tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. So, you know, as a culture, and I see that, I mean, my partner is Australian. Right. So mm. I, I, I see that even within with him and his family itself and, you know, he's highly successful and so is everyone else. And, but it's just oh, we, we don't want to talk about our successes because that's mm. just, you know, we just don't do that. Mm. And I'm not saying we, we need to start beating our chest and saying, oh, how great we are. But I think there is um, a method to the madness in how mm. you actually communicate that so that it comes mm. across as you sharing your expertise and your knowledge and getting acknowledged for it, as opposed to just thinking, and women do this all the time, is I'm just gonna work really hard. I'm gonna put in all this time and effort and people are going to notice. Mm. And they're gonna promote me or give me that raise or you know, I will get that other job. I mean, whatever, it does, it's, no, it does not happen. Mm. You have to be able to communicate as well as work 
you know, do the work. So it's, mm. it's a combination of things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I agree with that, that, you know, people do mistake it for chest beating um, yeah. versus actually being able to authentically claim what you can claim. And a lot of people, both women and men, routinely undersell themselves for um, fear of overselling themselves, basically. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a so, classic uh, example is, sorry. So I'm just, I'll just add yeah. on that. A classic example is, I think, um, you know, with, with everything that's happening right now with COVID and people being in isolation, you see there's a lot of messages and posts that come out that are fantastic, right? Because you have things, information about, um, you know, how how do you work from home? How do you work remotely? How do you handle working from home with kids? I think it's a clear sign that I put, you know, information out there as well around this area. But I don't pretend to put information around how do I work from home remotely with kids at home because I have no kids. Mm. You know, I can put a piece of information. Like I could write an article or do a video around it, but mm. because it's information. Mm. But it's not authentic to me because I don't share those experiences. Mm. You know, I might, I might, you know, be able to imagine how that feels like, but it's never the same of what you're actually going through. Mm. And the credibility factor again comes into play, right? Mm. If I was a mother with children, I said that people go, oh yeah, of course. But if mm. I'm not, and I say that, they go like, how would she know? <laughs> like, you know, this is, what is this based on? You my advice is based on my cats, so it's like. The well, door. There you go, like <laughs> facts, right? Like I don't, I, I don't have facts either, so I wouldn't be able to say that. There you go. Great advice. I didn't say it was great advice. <laughs> no, no, but it's it's true. It's important advice, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for those people, you know, uh, who has uh, who've got questions for me, Carolina, Shamila, you know, on the discussion that we are having. You can, uh, we can't see your, uh, you know, questions on the LinkedIn live because I can't switch on different screens. So if you've got question, if you send it to me on my LinkedIn message, I can ask Shamila or Caroline about those questions. Now, moving on, I think, you know, uh, I think you touched upon the, uh, you know, the thing around that people have got are currently in isolation. People are working mm. from home. So obviously you've got, you know, a bit more time because you are saving your time of commute, uh, you know, and other things. There. So, what activities do you suggest that people can start to think about or do at this time uh, in order to to sort of you know build their brand or in order to strengthen their brand? What are some of the things, simple things that people can start to do, Shamila? I think first and foremost, you have to remember that anything with building your brand or anything. Anything to do with marketing in today's day and age sits at the core of content, right? So more so even now. Now, building your personal brand has many variables attached to it. So creation of content, networking, uh, speaking, um, you know, uh, communicating, putting out certain things. So um, being on traditional PR. So there's, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables. But being isolated at that moment, some of those variables are eliminated. You can't go out and network, um, you know, face to face. You can't be sitting in panels. You can't be speaking. However, you can do all part of that virtually. But if you have not done anything at all in terms of building a personal brand, these variables don't kick in either because it takes time for people to recognize who you are as a leader 
as the go-to person for them to invite you to be part of those discussions, right? You have to become a subject matter expert and position yourself as that. So the first thing I would say is start putting content out there. And it doesn't have to be 1,500 word thesis document. No, you can actually start with very simple, you know, short post on LinkedIn about, you know, what you think something in your industry can think about. So for example, if you're in, um, I don't know, um, in, in the medical industry, and you know that these are some of the steps that nurses or doctors or healthcare professionals are going through, and you have that experience firsthand, you can actually share with your community and the public, okay, have these, keep, keep these things in mind if you are going to visit a healthcare professional. Top five points. That's it. That's all you have to do. And people go, oh, wow, I never thought about it because I'm not the subject matter expert on that. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a regular person just going and going with the rest of 1,000 other people out there, right? So work on content. Put, put your content out there. Put your opinions out there. Share valuable information. Ultimately, going back to the point of service to your audience, what does everybody want? They want valuable information that is going to help them solve a problem mm. or not feel alone and feel connected. So mm. I think this is the, I would say fu the fundamental is that. And you, if you're a video person, do a video. If you're an audio person, put an audio out. If you are more of an uh, introvert, then maybe you know start with small short articles or short posts, even do motivational posts because I think right now everybody's looking for you know pick me up um, from from anywhere. Mm. To be honest, yeah, it's about under really understanding what people need at that time that would be useful. How long do you? And this is probably one of those questions, which is how long is a piece of string type question. But if you are working <laughs> with somebody, helping them build up their brand, how long does it take for people to actually? get noticed and maybe start to attract like attention from you know being invited to speak on a podcast or a conference is that something that can happen relatively quickly or is it a, a slow a slow mover well i would always say that uh, building your brand is a marathon it's not a sprint um you know and i think most things in life are, are about you know are at that pace you have to be patient so I'll give you an example. I launched Herwit in July 2019. Um, I, I had zero professional connections and zero social connections. So I came here with, with not, not knowing anyone except maybe three people in all of Australia. That's the honest truth. Wow. And yeah. maybe two people in Melbourne, all right? Yeah. Now from that point to now, I managed to grow Herwit. And you know, actually because of me, putting out the content that I have and I'm able to share out there, I've been asked to speak at several events, starting from Startup Grind to Pause Fest, uh, to the upcoming Colorful event. I've become an ambassador for Colorful and the multicultural community. Um, you know, I've, I've, I think I've spoken in, in the past seven, eight, nine months, I've spoken at at least 20 different events and panels. Wow. I've been on six different podcasts. Um, and I'm not saying it's because, you know, I'm special. I'm not. Anyone can do this. But I have been authentic. I've been who I am. I've said what I've told. I've shared my story. I've been vulnerable. I've been open. 
but of of also i am doing i am serving my community based on my skill set and experiences that i've accumulated over 22 years hmm. it's not that i woke up one day and went oh today i'm going to go start creating thought leadership content and storytelling it's you know it's hmm. a skill that i have built as well so i think you know it really is about taking into account all these key points about what is your going back to that three that three points again right self knowledge you know a service to your audience who is your audience and service to your audience so these are the three commandments that if you for if you basically follow these three commandments as i call them you will be able to build a personal brand fairly quickly but again it is very it's really very much the individual i you know i worked really hard i went for every networking event there was i reached out to a lot of people um i am quite extroverted so not everybody's going to have the same personality type um and i'll give you an example of an organization that we worked for right so i worked with, with this one company uh in we started working with them in july 2019 and we worked with a few of their consultants so we identified their area of expertise and then we cleaned up their linkedin profiles we added examples of their work you know so it could be videos articles recommendations from their clients they had worked with and we built out like a weekly monthly content plan for them so and it took no more than 2 hours a month to to do that with these guys and then we asked them to actually share one relevant article in their to their industry or expertise three times a week mm-hmm. right you know write one blog a month that's all and you know the result at the end of 6 months by the beginning of december was actually quite astonishing sales for that they had directly closed from linkedin because that was mm-hmm. the social media that we used was up by 30% and it yeah. became one of the largest source of new business for the firm So you know this didn't happen overnight it does take time mm. and some of them had already started doing some work on linkedin but they were not consistent and constant mm. so i think again you know the other other thing that uh, people have to also remember is you can't just put something out once every quarter and hope that your bill your brand just pops and explodes mm. you have to do it consistently i put out content nearly every single day Mm. You know, so it, it is. It's a build-up. That's why it's um. It's you know. It's it's putting in the work, the time, and being mindful of those three key points when you're mm. doing that. Because putting out content for the sake of putting out content or messaging is also pointless. Mm. You know, because then people get confused. Like, what do you stand for? What is your expertise? Like, mm. we don't really understand. It's just like any big brand. Building a personal brand is the same as Nike building their brand. Mm. or Starbucks building their brand or Mercedes building their brand it's, it's mm. the same concept mm. it's just worked differently depending on the individual mm. and it's interesting i think you know i've from time to time go back and just do an audit of profiles of, of people's profiles to look to see who's doing what and how often and what it would say mm. and routinely i i do it once every couple of years and i might look at 50 or I might look at 100. I'm I'm quite shocked that I I say to people my clients in particular I say you know there's a huge opportunity here because 
what you see from what other people are doing, it's just not there. So, um, yeah, there's there's quite a big, you know, people know that they, they need to work on these things, but still not a lot of people are doing it in the most authentic, clear, consistent way. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, you know, there is, there's a huge opportunity because there's still a great opportunity mm -hmm. to really be noticed and stand out for the right reasons. So, yeah. If I can ask one more question before we... I'm sorry, Caroline, but I keep dropping off a little bit, so I'm not sure whether it's just me or someone else. Uh, I think the connection's dropping off between all of us a little bit at the moment, so, yeah. Yeah, I was just making sorry, I, so I missed that, that, that whole bit that you just said. Yeah, I was just saying that there's this opportunity because... Um, so many people don't actually do the work, that kind of work. So that LinkedIn, even though it has so many millions and millions and millions of people, there's mm. not millions and millions of people doing the things that you you've said very well, um, if at all. So there is a huge, huge opportunity to to own your space and own your voice and you know do, and and um, be of service and and you know either have people say yes when you reach out to them or people understand you know people want to connect up and. And, and talk to you about what you do as well. So, yeah. Um, Absolutely. It, it, it's actually one of the most uh, underutilized social platforms that are yeah. still around. And yeah. I mean, to be honest, you know, the engagement levels on LinkedIn, you would not be able to get on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I doubt on Facebook as well. So, yeah. I mean, if, if it's any platform that you want to build yourself as a subject matter expert or, or a thought leader, it's definitely LinkedIn because that's mm. where the community sits and lies. And mm. it is the platform that is built for you to do that, those, you know, to put out that message compared to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, mm. right? Each, right. each platform has their angle and their objectives and what, what people come on it to do. The behavioral mm. aspects of the audience on each platform is very different. So this is the other thing that we work with our clients as well, because a lot of people think, oh, I want to put everything across the same thing. I, you know, you can't do that because you, you can put the same subject or the same topic, but the way the copy and the content works on each platform needs to change mm. to speak to how the audience behavior on each platform is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, she was going to say something. Yes. Uh, so my, you know, last question, you know, uh, about the lot of people, you know, in my view, you know, uh, sort of, you know, they don't, you know, they feel that personal branding is about people who are out there, people who are extrovert, if if you can call them, uh, you know, you know, they don't, you know, so you know, so how do how do we really, you know, explain this to people who do not consider themselves extrovert or consider themselves that I'm. I'm a bit of introvert. I'm shy. I I don't like to go and speak in conferences and do everything. How do they really, you know? So if you can tell us that you know, personal branding is not about being extrovert or being introvert. Uh, you know, how do those people who do not see themselves promoting, uh, you know, so much? How do they also build their brand and strengthen their brand? Um. Again, it is very much depending on the individual, right? So for extroverts, the reason, I mean, they, they, they're going to be a lot more aggressive 
right? A lot more driven to put themselves out there because they're more, that is their personality type. For an introvert, they might want to do different things that still allows their message and their brand to be out there. Now, you also have to think, based on your personality type, that would also fit what you do in your life. I have been doing marketing and branding and communications and sales for 22 years. That's because I'm an introvert, extrovert in the middle, but a lot more of an extrovert, right? But if I was an introvert, those would not be my career choices. My career choices would be very different. So again, who are you is number one. Who are, you, who are you trying to speak to? So for someone like me, if I was in a corporate career and I was looking for an, for an opportunity, it would be very much in line with what I have done before, meaning sales, marketing, branding. So I have to put myself out there. If I was an intro, or if I was, say, doing operations in a back end of, you know, or middle operations in finance or in banking, my community and the people I talk to will be very similar to me as well to some extent. So then again, you are actually talking, so you must identify who is your community, who you are, who is your community, and what value you're going to give to your community. That's why those three questions are essential because each person will have a different answer. And what you do is you cater how you want to build your brand based on those three answers. So like if, if you're an extrovert, you might want to launch a podcast, do a video channel, have a YouTube channel, put yourself out there, do all of that. I'm exhausted. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it fits your personality. You, you're, you, know, you have that energy level. But if mm. you're an introvert, you'll be like, oh, no, no, I don't think I want to. You know, I'm very, <laughs> my, I, I don't like the sound of my voice. I don't know how, I don't like the way I look on camera. That's fine because your audience might not you know, want to see you all out there being all that, you know, they might want to hear about your subject matter expert uh, expertise and experience through a written content, through a short listy of the top 10 things I need to find out because that's what they're comfortable in engaging in. So again, understanding yourself is fundamental and yeah. understanding your audience is second. If you get these two right, even if you don't get the third one, you, you will end up with the third question is what service and value can I give? That's for sure. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, well, you know, that brings us to closure to another uh, LinkedIn Live. Uh, you know, hope this career care package was valuable to you. So thank you very much, Shamila, to, to be able to oh, no, join thank us. You. Uh, you know, uh, on this. And thank you, Caroline, for jumping again uh, from Gippsland uh, to be on the show. Uh, for the audience, we'll be bringing another career uh, care package to you tomorrow. Exactly the same time, you will see this, uh, you know, beautiful uh, faces again pop up on the <laughs> screen tomorrow. I really promised yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> not mine, not mine. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. This will be another exciting, uh, you know, uh, discussion that we will have. So until that time, stay healthy, stay safe, everyone. And if you got any questions, uh, 
you know, about personal branding, you can always reach out to Shamila Gopalan on LinkedIn, uh, connect with her, ask questions. She's very, very generous in sharing her expertise with all of you. Thank you very much again and have a great rest of the week. Talk to you soon, everyone. Thanks, Shamila. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.